In relation to the Badri companions, the accounts from the life of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him, were being narrated. There are certain narrations of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. In relation to the status and rank of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him, has the blessings and distinct honour that during the Makkan period, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would visit his house every day once or twice. Hazrat Amr bin Al-As, may Allah be pleased with him, narrates, The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, appointed me as the commander-in-chief of the Dhat al-Salasil army. I presented myself before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and submitted, Who is most beloved to you among the people? The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, Aisha, I then asked, Who is the most beloved to you among the men? The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, Her father. I then asked, Who is most beloved to you after him? And then the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, Umar bin al-Khattab. And in this manner, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, included a few other people among them. Hazrat Salama bin Akwa, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, Abu Bakr is the most excellent and lofty amongst the people, except if there is a Prophet. Hazrat Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, The most benevolent and merciful towards my people is Abu Bakr. Hazrat Abu Sa'id, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, Those of a lofty rank will be seen by those who occupy a lesser rank as if they are stars that appear on the horizon. In other words, those who possess a high rank will be seen by those who are of a lesser rank as if they are looking at stars that appear on the horizon. 
the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, further stated, and Abu Bakr and Umar are among them. They hold such a high rank that people will look at them, just like one looks up at the stars high up in the skies. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then stated, How excellent are both of them! As Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, There is no one who I have not repaid for any act of kindness they have done to me, except for Abu Bakr. His acts of kindness towards me shall be rewarded by Allah the Almighty on the Day of Judgment. During his final illness, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, There is no one amongst the people who has extended their kind treatment towards me with their life and wealth as much as Abu Bakr bin Kuhafa has done. If I were to make someone a Khalil, that is a close friend, from among the people, then I most certainly would have made Abu Bakr my Khalil. However, the bond and friendship in Islam is more superior. Close all the windows in this mosque except for the window of Abu Bakr. This is a narration of Sahih al-Bukhari. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also stated, Abu Bakr is from me and I am from Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr is my brother in this world and in the hereafter. There is a narration in Sunan al-Tirmidhi in which Hazrat Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that regarding Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him and Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated they are both the chiefs of the first ones and the last ones among the elders of paradise with the exception of the prophets and messengers. O Ali, do not tell them this. The narrator states that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said this, he instructed Hazrat Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, not to tell them. Hazrat Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would come outside and sit amongst the Ansar and Muhajir companions. And Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, would also be present. None of the companions would raise their glance towards the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, except for Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. They would both look at the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would look back at them. They would both smile, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would also smile in return. Hazrat Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, you are my companion in paradise and in the cave. Hazrat Jubair bin Mut'in, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that a woman once came to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and spoke about a particular matter. And the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave an instruction in relation to it. She then submitted, O Messenger of Allah, what are your thoughts if I am unable to meet you? In other words, if she was in need of something again and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had passed away. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, If you do not find me, then go to Abu Bakr. He shall fulfill your needs. As Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, once came outside and entered the mosque. 
Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him and Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him on either side of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and he was holding their hands. The Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him then stated we shall be raised on the day of judgment just like this. Hazrat Abdullah bin Hantab may Allah be pleased with him relates that the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him saw Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him and Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him and stated they are both like ears and eyes to me. In other words, they were among his closest companions. Hazrat Abu Sayyid Khudri, may Allah be pleased with him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, Every Prophet has two viziers in heaven and two viziers on the earth. My two viziers in heaven are Gabriel and Michael. And my two viziers on the earth are Abu Bakr and Umar. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then gave them the glad tidings of paradise. Sa'id bin Musayyib relates that Abu Musa Ash'ari, may Allah be pleased with him, told him that once he performed ablution and came outside and said that he would remain in the company of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, for the entire day. In other words, he devoted the entire day in order to serve the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He went to the mosque and inquired about the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The people mentioned that he came out and had gone in such in such direction. He stated that I followed after the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and would inquire on the way from the others until I found out that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was at a well called Bi'ri Aris next to the Quba Mosque. I went and sat next to the door, which was made from branches of date palm. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, finished from the call of nature, he performed ablution, and I stood up and went towards the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. I saw that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was sitting on the well of Bi'ri Aris and was sat on its wall and had lifted the cloth above his ankles, and his feet were dangling below. I offered greetings of peace to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and then turned around and sat next to the door. I said to myself that today I shall serve as the courtier of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. In that time, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, also came and tried to push the door. Upon which I asked who it was, and he replied, Abu Bakr. I told him to wait, and then went to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and submitted, O Messenger of Allah, it is Abu Bakr, and he seeks permission to enter. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, Allow him to enter and give him the glad tiding of paradise. I then went to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and asked him to enter, and informed him that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave him the glad tiding of paradise. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, then entered and sat to the right of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, on the wall. And he also let his feet dangle in the wall, just as the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had done. And he also lifted the cloth from his ankles. I returned to the door once again and sat down. I had left my brother behind so that he could perform ablution and also join me. And I thought in my heart, if Allah desires good for him, by this he meant his brother then he shall bring him here. 
I then noticed that someone was trying to move the door. I asked who it was, and he replied, Umar bin Khattab. I told him to wait, and I then went to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and offered my greeting of peace and submitted, It is Umar bin Khattab, and he seeks permission to enter inside. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Allow him to enter and give him the glad tiding of paradise. I then went to him and told him to enter, and that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave him the glad tiding of paradise. He entered and sat on the wall to the left of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And he also dangled his feet in the well. I returned once again and sat down. I then said to myself that if Allah desires good for such and such person, he shall bring them here. And again thought of my brother. In that time, another person came and tried to move the door. I inquired who it was and he replied, Uthman bin Affan. I told him to wait and I informed the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, Permit him to enter and give him the glad tiding of paradise, despite a great trial that is going to befall him. I then went to Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, and asked him to come inside and told him that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had given him the glad tiding of paradise, despite a great trial that was going to befall him. Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, entered and saw that there was no more space on one side of the wall, and so he sat on the wall opposite the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hazrat Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, states, The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, climbed Mount Uhud, while accompanied by Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazrat Uthman may Allah be pleased with him. And it began to shake. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, O Uhud, be calm. I believe the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also stomped his foot, because none stands on you other than a prophet, one who is truthful, and two martyrs. Hazrat Sa'id bin Zayd, may Allah be pleased with him, states, I bear testament regarding nine people being heaven-bound. And if I say the same about the tenth, I would not be a sinner. He was asked how this was. He replied, We were on Mount Hira, alongside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, when it began to shake. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, The first narration was from Bukhari, this one is from Tirmidhi, and mentions Hira. Be calm, O Hira. Surely there is a prophet, truthful one, and martyr standing on you. Someone asked who the ten heaven-bound people were. Hazrat Sayyid bin Zayd, may Allah be pleased with him, said, The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, Talha, Zubair, Sa'ad, Abdul Rahman bin Auf, when asked who the tenth was, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zayd, may Allah be pleased with him, said it was him. Here it should be clarified that this narration mentions the ten esteemed companions to whom the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave the glad tidings of paradise during their lifetimes. There were those close to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and he would also seek counsel from them. And they have been regarded in history as the Ashara Mubashara, meaning ten people given the glad tidings of paradise. However, it should be kept in mind that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, did not just give the glad tidings of paradise to ten people alone. Rather, there are numerous other male and female companions to whom the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave the glad tidings of paradise. Thus, aside from these ten, 
the names of about 50 other male and female companions are found to be mentioned. Furthermore, 313 companions who partook in the Battle of Badr, those who took part in the Battle of Uhud, and those who were present at the Bayt Ridwan for the Treaty of Hudaybiyah were all given the glad tidings of paradise. Hazrat Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, narrates, The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Who among you is fasting today? Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said that he was. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Who among you accompanied a funeral procession today? Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said that he had. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Who among you fed a poor person today? Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said that he did. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Who among you visited a sick person today? Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said that he had. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Whoever possesses all of these qualities shall enter paradise. This narration is from Sahih Muslim. Hazrat Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, narrates, The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Gabriel came to me, took hold of my hand, and showed me the door to heaven through which my people would enter. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, If only I had been with you, so that I too could have seen it. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, O Abu Bakr, you are the first from among my people who will enter paradise. Whilst further expounding upon this, as a Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, Once the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was sitting in a gathering in which the companions were sitting around him, and he began mentioning how things would be in heaven. Then he made mention of the bounties which Allah the Almighty had decreed for him. When Hazrat Wakar may Allah be pleased with him, heard this, he said, O Messenger of Allah, pray that I may accompany you in paradise. According to some narrations, another companion has also been named, while Hazrat Wakar may Allah be pleased with him, has been named in other narrations. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, I am hopeful that you will be alongside me, and I pray to Allah the Almighty for it to be so. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said this, it naturally also occurred to the other companions to ask the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to make the same prayer for them. Initially, they had thought that it was not their fate to accompany the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in paradise. However, when Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, or according to other narrations, another companion said this, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, prayed for them. They now had an example and they realized that this was not out of the realm of possibility. Hence another companion stood up and submitted, O Messenger of Allah, pray for me as well, that God Almighty keeps me alongside you in paradise. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, May God Almighty bestow his blessings upon you as well. However, the prayer has gone in favor of the one who asked first. As a Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, once the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Whoever performs such and such worship, the most will enter from such and such gate into heaven. And whoever performs such and such worship, the most will enter from such and such gate into heaven. In this way, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, named various forms of worship 
and said that those who lay more emphasis on various good deeds will enter through the various seven gates of heaven. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, was also sitting in that gathering and said, O Messenger of Allah, they will enter through the various gates because they will have focused on individual forms of worship. But O Messenger of Allah, if someone were to give emphasis to all the forms of worship, then how will they be treated? The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, That person will enter through all seven gates of heaven. And O Abu Bakr, I am hopeful that you will be among those people. These accounts will continue in the future, God willing. At this time, I would like to mention some deceased members whose funeral prayers I will also lead. The first mention is of respected Abdul Basit Sahib, Amir Jamaat, Indonesia, who passed away on 8th of October at the age of 71. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un Verily to Allah we belong and to him shall we return. He was the son of Molvi Abdul Wahid Sumatri. After studying FA, when he was at the age of 20, he enrolled in Jami Ahmadiyya Rabwa on 20th of September 1972. He passed Jami Ahmadiyya Shahid exams at the beginning of 1981. And then in the same year, he returned to his home country, Indonesia, as a missionary. In 1987, the administrative body of Majlis Amla of Indonesia suggested that an Indonesian missionary should go to Kuala Lumpur to obtain Malaysian nationality and then be sent to Thailand for Tablir. And his name was recommended for this task. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV, may Allah have mercy on him, approved this recommendation and he was assigned to Thailand. Later, he was reassigned to Indonesia where he remained for the rest of his life and also served for a long time as the Amir. His total time of service spanned 40 years. He is survived by his wife, three sons and two daughters. His wife, Musli Wadi Sahiba, says, The deceased had a great deal of pain for this movement and always gave precedence to the community. As his wife, I can attest to his attachment and services to the community. His nephew Tahir says, The deceased would fully implement any directive that was received from the headquarters. Once he had made plans to visit some family in Malaysia for which he had already purchased his plane ticket. He says, However, after about a week, when I met him again, I asked him why he had not gone to Malaysia. He responded he had not been granted permission to go in the letter that he received from the headquarters and so he cancelled his plan of going to Malaysia without caring for his ticket. An office bearer who worked with him says he would teach and explain things to us with love and compassion. Despite being Amir Jamad, he never demanded any special treatment from the community. He would utilise whatever he was given by the community. He preferred simplicity. Often during office hours he would sit with us read letters and dictate notes. He respected missionaries a great deal. He possessed very deep and vast knowledge. Whenever he made a decision, he would always consult with the administrative body. He was dignified yet humble, very sociable and would meet everyone, young and old. 
in a very pleasant manner. He had profound love for Khilafat. He would advise us to abandon any of our own opinions in light of an instruction from the Khalifa of the time and also act upon it. He gave precedence to the administrative system of the community. He was very watchful over the community's finances and he protected it well. He would be stern in the face of disobedience. He would often arrive at the offices before many of the other workers. If, for some reason, he could not come into the office or was running late, he would make sure to inform his staff. In addition, when he would leave the office to tend to any matter, even for a brief moment, he would make certain of informing the office staff. He was remarkably scrupulous in checking reports and letters. He would thoroughly check everything and if immediate action was required, then he would work late into the night. When he would go to visit Ahmadis, he would always bring gifts for our children. He would always treat others with kindness and love. He was a leader who would endeavour to make others happy. For us and for all those in Indonesia, it was as though Amir Sahib was our spiritual father. He would always give priority to the system and the traditions of the community. These are the very qualities that Amir, i.e. President, should possess. When he would become upset, he would still be considerate and respectful towards others. He would not say things haphazardly in anger. When it came to giving reprimands, he would always make reformation his objective. He would not hold any enmity or malice, rather his objective was always reformation. He further states, many Ahmadis here would consult him regarding religious matters and other matters relating to their properties. His efforts to love and care for the members of the community in Indonesia were extraordinary. Even in the past year during his illness, which lasted for a year, he was engaged in different meetings, correspondences and other services for the community, as was his norm, and did not slow down. Mahmoud Wardi Sahib, who serves here in London, under the Indonesian desk, states, Some aspects of his personality were exceptionally prominent, the most prominent aspect being his ocean of knowledge. He gave great importance to knowledge. He was always passionate about seeking knowledge. He had vast knowledge on a range of topics. He was proficient in holding a satisfactory discussion on any topic that presented itself. Apart from the books of the community, he had a firm grasp on general knowledge as well. He would read newspapers regularly, be it national or international, be it in Indonesian or English. He would not deliver lengthy or prolonged speeches, but would speak concisely and comprehensively. While speaking, he was able to convey his message in simple terms. People of all walks of life would understand his words effortlessly. He further states, his daily attire was very simple, but he was a dignified man. He was completely free of any sort of pretense or ostentation. People of all walks of life were able to speak with him freely, but would always respect him and be considerate towards his position when speaking to him. Fazl Umar Farooq Sahib, a missionary and teacher in Jami Ahmadiyya in Indonesia, says, I have been close to Amir Sahib since I was a child. When the community in Indonesia was passing through very difficult times, all the members of the community found strength in his efforts, patience 
and perseverance. He would teach everyone to pray. He would offer his prayers with great pain and humility. He would always come to the mosque on time for prayer. He was very considerate towards life devotees. Whenever a missionary was entering the field of work, he would make sure to personally grant them a gift. Sayfullah Mubarak Sahib, who is also a teacher in Jamia Ahmadiyya, Indonesia, states, Mulana Abdul Basit Sahib was a lofty example for life devotees. He never failed to attend all community events. He would speak to others in a warm and respectful manner. Any gathering attended by him would become uplifted by his presence. He was always smiling. He further states, When I studied in Jamia Ahmadiyya, Indonesia, he would sit with us students after the Maghrib prayer, asking about our well-being and making small talk. Furthermore, Nuruddin Sahib, another missionary, says, he was an Amir who led by example. In 2018, the foundation stone for our mosque was laid. At the time, we had 60 million rupees. The Indonesian rupee has very low market value. So they speak of numbers in the millions and billions. Bearing this in mind, he said, we had 60 million, but we needed approximately 1.5 billion rupees for the mosque. Whilst advising the members, he, Amir Saab, said, you should start the construction of the mosque with whatever funds are available. However, we will witness the help of Allah the Almighty thereafter. There is no need to fear. Even if we need 1.5 billion Indonesian rupees, first start with the 60 million that you have. This amount isn't even one-tenth of the total required. In fact, it is about 3 or 4 percent. He continues, After giving us this advice, he took his wallet out from his pocket and gave contributions for the mosque. Upon this, the members of the community began to actively make contributions and sacrifices, so much so that within two years, we had completed 80% of the mosque's construction. Following this, the pandemic struck. The members' income decreased and the mosque's construction came to a halt. He continues, We went back to him and told him that we would like to complete the construction of the mosque. However, we need 150 million rupees to do so. We were confident that the Merkaz central headquarters would help us in this effort. But Amir Sahib said, Merkaz will not help you. You are capable of collecting this amount without asking anyone for help. He then asked how many Ahmadis are contributing, and I told him that there are 160. Upon hearing this, he smiled and very calmly said, Tell every single member to contribute about 10 million rupees each, which is about 100 to 150 sterling, and you will have completed your collection. He continues, In the beginning, we did not think we could achieve this so easily. But when we started to act upon his advice, the hearts of the members of the community, filled with love and passion to sacrifice their best wealth for the construction of the mosque. Despite this, Amir Sahib still contributed a large amount on his own behalf as well. Thus, within three years, the mosque was completed in February. Apart from the members of the community, he had built relationships with others as well. Luqman Hakim Saifuddin Sahib, the former Minister of Religious Affairs, said, I consider him as an individual of national importance who would always put humanity first. 
Wherever he would go, he would always emphasize how we should respect humanity and inculcate mutual tolerance and care for one another. He continues, In my view, it is our responsibility to uphold these principles, not just for Ahmadis, but for all the people of Indonesia. We should follow his example and strive to act upon the guidance he has given us. All the differences and conflicts that arise between us lead to the spread of hatred and dishonour for humanity and should thus be removed. The ambassador of Tunis in Indonesia, Zahiri Sahib, writes, It was from Amir Sahib that I learned how to love the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the Ahl Bayt, that is the family of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and the religious scholars, and then to act upon their excellent teachings. Ahmadis faced many cruelties and abuse in Indonesia. Many cruelties took place in Indonesia, and he, that is Amir Sahib, endured those trying times with great patience and managed the Ahmadis there in an excellent manner. Nonetheless, he writes, Despite the many cruelties, injustices and abuse faced by Ahmadis, Amir Sahib taught us that we should serve our faith, country and humanity with sincerity and devotion. Because it is the principle of Ahmadis all over the world that love for all, hatred for none. I testify that Amir Sahib was a beloved of Allah the Almighty, a scholar, a simple man and possessed great morals. Mrs. Sharifuddin, a leader of a national organization, wrote, The manner in which Amir Sahib spoke was very impactful. Even though he was soft-spoken and respectful, his love for the country was evident. It was as though the motto, love for all, hatred for none, came alive through his words. We testified to the fact that he was a good man and such a leader who was always faithful and spoke to everyone with strong sentiments of love. Mirajuddin Sahib writes, As an Amir, the Ahmadiyya community endured great opposition during his leadership. In Indonesia, there were many instances where Ahmadis were attacked. He endured all such occurrences with courage and composure. Government officials also greatly respected him. This is all owing to the excellent relations he had established. Osum Sahib, the principal of Jami Ahmadiyya, writes, Amir Sahib was an ever-devout servant of Khilafat. Being my neighbour, he would often accompany me on my way to the mosque for prayer. Whenever he would go on a tour, he would inform me about where he was going and advise me to also go on tours. He cared a great deal for Jami Ahmadiyya. As a board member of Jami Ahmadiyya, whilst taking the students' interviews, he would always advise them saying, you are going to become missionaries. Thus, you should strive to become examples for the whole community. He further states, he would also give me guidance and indicate to me which students were struggling on an individual basis and tried to assist them. He always paid particular interest in the well-being of the students of Jamia. Ishad Malhi Sahib, a missionary in America, says, Basit Sahib was my class fellow and also my roommate. Hence, I had the opportunity to get to know him very closely. He was very sharp and incredibly intelligent. He was good-natured, hospitable and cheerful. He was a very competent badminton player and would always win in Rabwa. He told me that in the days when he was coming from Indonesia to Rabwa, he received a wonderful offer from a company to play. 
which caused great concern to his father, Mawlana Abdul Wahid Sahib, lest his son Abdul Basit change his mind of going to Jamia out of greed from this big offer. Irshad Sahib states, when he learned of this concern from his father, he reassured his father and made an oath that he would never abandon his faith for the sake of any worldly gain. In this way, he rejected an offer of great economic benefit. I, that is Irshad Sahib, have witnessed all my life that he always gave precedence to his faith over the world and fulfilled this oath. He had boundless love for Khilafat and was completely devoted to it. From his time as a student, he was very close to Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III, may Allah have mercy on him. In a light-hearted exchange with him, we used to say that he was the favourite of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III, may Allah have mercy on him. Similarly, in the era of every Khilafat, he displayed utmost sincerity and loyalty. May Allah grant him mercy and forgiveness and elevate him in rank. And may Allah Almighty continue to grant the community more missionaries and workers like him. I also saw him to always display complete obedience and selflessness, as I have mentioned. May Allah continue to provide the replacements for those who depart. The missionaries in Indonesia in particular, and also those around the world, must keep his example in mind. These are not tales of the past, rather these people are from this very day and age, who have given precedence to their faith over the world, and done justice to their dedication. The next funeral is of Zainab Ramazan Sahiba, wife of Yusuf Uthman Kambala Sahib, a missionary in Tanzania. She passed away a few days ago at the age of 70. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Verily to Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. Her husband Yusuf Uthman Kambala Sahib says, My wife was very pious and sincere and would participate in all the work of the community. She held great relationships with the neighbours. She looked after the poor and orphans. She showed great respect to missionaries. She was at the forefront in giving alms. Wherever we lived, she would always be at the forefront in rendering her services to the community. She would always display wonderful sincerity to all Ahmadis. She was battling cancer for two to two and a half years and was receiving treatment from the best doctors. But in the end, it was the decree of Allah the Almighty, and she passed away in the past few days. He writes, Almost 1,000 people attended her funeral from Tabora and other areas, among whom were non-Ahmadi relatives too. She has three sons and three daughters who are now all married, May Allah Almighty grant her mercy and forgiveness. The next funeral is of Halima Begum Sahiba, wife of Sheikh Abdul Qadir Sahib Darwesh of Qadian. She passed away last month. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Verily to Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. The deceased was regular in fasting and observing prayer. She was a patient, grateful, humble, and well mannered woman. She made efforts to make her children regular in offering prayers and reciting the Holy Qur'an. As long as her health permitted, she continued to teach the children in Qadian the Holy Qur'an. She had immense love for Khilafat and would be ready to participate in any scheme from the Khalifa of the time. She spent the time as a dervish with great patience and gratitude, and in spite of poverty, she would never leave a beggar empty-handed. As a result of the house of the deceased being close to Darul Khilafat, 
During the days of Jalsa, it would always be filled with guests. After welcoming guests with great courtesy, she would take care of them in an excellent manner. She was also a Musia. Her son, Sheikh Nasir Wahid Sahib, is serving as the deputy administrator of the Noor Hospital in Qadian. She has three daughters who live abroad. May Allah Almighty grant the deceased mercy and forgiveness. The next funeral is of Mele Anisa Apisai Sahiba of Kiribas. The various accounts in her life are extraordinary, as well as the incident regarding her acceptance of Ahmadiyyad. She was a very sincere and dedicated woman. She passed away a few days ago. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun, verily to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. She passed away at the age of 73. Khwaja Fai Sahib, missionary of Kiribas, says, Mele Anisa Apisai Sahiba was the first Ahmadi woman of Kiribas. She somehow found a copy of the Holy Quran in that corner of the world, such a place where it is very rare to find books from other places. When she found this copy of the Holy Quran, she began to read it herself. It had the translation alongside it. After reading the Holy Quran, Mele Anisa Apisai Sahiba became so impressed by it that she believed in it in her heart and there and then began to wear the veil. When the first missionary of the Ahmadi Muslim community, Hafiz Jibreel Sayyid Sahib, reached Kiribas, he asked the people if there were any Muslims. They pointed towards Mele Anisa Apisai Sahiba, saying that she is the only Muslim of the entire country. How wonderful is the grace of Allah that within a year of Mele Anisa Apisai Sahiba accepting Islam, Upon the instructions of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV, may Allah have mercy on him, a missionary reached Kiribas. This fearless young woman then began to preach to her family and friends, even before the missionary had arrived. For this reason, she became known in this country with a population of only 100,000 as the only woman to have accepted Islam. Therefore, even before the missionary Hafiz Jibreel Sahib reached Kiribas, Allah the Almighty had granted him a sultan in the seer, that is a helper, who was ready-made for the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. She became renowned for being the only Muslim there who wore the veil and who preached to the people. When the first missionary Hafiz Jibreel Sahib came to Kiribas, Mele Anisa Apisai Sahiba pledged her allegiance and entered the fold of the Ahmadiyya community. She made preparations for the residency and provisions for the missionary and then immediately began her preaching. Many people joined the community as a result of her preaching. She had immense love for the community. She showed great respect to missionaries. Despite the severe opposition from the people, her faith never wavered. She would wear the veil wherever she went and this Islamic attire of hers was also a means of propagation. Even though people would at times scoff at her, curse her and even argue with her and torment her. She never let the standard of her faith or veil falter and left behind an excellent example in which one wears the veil for the sake of God and not worry what people would say. When she initially accepted Islam, she did not know how to pray. So, aside from the sajda prostration, she began to pray in her own way. When the father saw her praying in a new way, 
he became extremely angry and threatened to rip the Qur'an up. In reply she said, then you ought to rip out those pages of the Gospels where it is mentioned that Jesus prostrated before God. She displayed great courage and remained resolute upon her faith. Then by the grace of Allah, with the arrival of the missionary, she not only learned how to pray, but began teaching others as well. People residing in that part of the world will look upon Islam with contempt. In that time, this courageous woman stood up and challenged everyone. She would present the teachings of Islam without any fear. She would not fear anyone except Allah the Almighty. Owing to this attribute of hers, many people, including politicians, were in awe of her. Owing to this awe and her strong faith, Allah the Almighty ensured that the politicians were influenced by this to such an extent that they even helped with the registration of the community which previously was rejected due to opposition. Her awe was such that in her presence there were those who knew her and were unable to say anything negative against Islam. The doors of a house were always open for people to come and ask any questions they wished. She would encourage everyone in her house to become regular in offering prayers. For a long period of time, her house was used as a Salat center. When her son, Ahmed Apisai, reached a mature age, she dedicated him for the services of the community and sent him to Jamia Ahmadiyya Ghana. Many people tried to stop her and asked her why she was sending her son there and said they would kill her son there. But despite this, she took pride in sending her there. However, in line with the will of God, when Ahmed Apisai reached Africa, he fell ill due to malaria and subsequently passed away there. At that occasion, those same people came and said, look at what has happened. Islam is false and that is why your son died. However, Mele Anisa Apisai Sahiba was not troubled by it in the slightest and did not pay any attention to them. Instead, she remained steadfast upon Islam and began to work for the sake of Islam with even more vigour and passion. Her faith did not waver in the slightest, nor did anything get in the way of her standard of Badda. The rest of her children also remained steadfast upon Islam and continued propagating the message. She is survived by three daughters and one son. May Allah the Almighty grant them patience and enable them to serve Islam and Ahmadiyyat in the same way as their mother. May Allah the Almighty bless the seeds she sowed there and in accordance to her wishes may this small island come under the fold of Islam Ahmadiyyat may Allah the Almighty continue to grant the Ahmadiyya community women like her who are fearless who set an example for others and have passion for propagating the message of Islam and remain steadfast upon their faith and may he grant us such mothers who did justice to propagating the faith even more than missionaries May Allah the Almighty shower His forgiveness and mercy upon her and elevate her status.
ذکر اللہ اکبر